What's good, y'all? This is your boy Justin, aka Just Blaze, host of Above the Rim. And if you want a raw take on the NBA, Above the Rim is a show for you. With dope beats and entertaining guests each week, we offer a great new insight on all things NBA. You don't want to miss it. Talk about it! You are now tuned in to Above the Rim. The Rim episode 33 brought to you by your host as always Justin aka Just Blaze and of course we have nothing but special guests here each and every week and this week is no different. Joining me this week is a native New Yorker sports reporter and journalist from Black Sports Online aka BSO and also co-host of the Update Podcast my girl Erica Fernandez. Erica it is a pleasure Thanks for joining Above the Rim family. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really, really excited to dissect these topics that you presented me. Of course. You know we got to talk hoops. You know how we do. How you doing? Of course. Of course, you can find Above the Rim on iTunes, Stitcher, Google, and the Almighty Baller Network every Tuesday. Make sure you give Above the Rim that five-star review. Follow me on Twitter at JustBlaze underscore 513. Justin Lee 867 at yahoo.com to submit questions, comments, topic. Erica, where can they find you on Twitter? Well, they can find me on all masses, the same name, uh, curls, C-U-R-L-S, the word and, and sports. Sports is plural. I got to tell you right now, that's a dope Twitter name. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I literally, not for nothing, I came up with it. I was sitting on the edge of my couch and a friend of mine who was actually really, really dope, dope individual. Yeah. He's like, just make sure whatever you create, it's something that's memorable. So I literally had a pen and paper and I'm like, aha, <laughs> might as well. Yo, man, I'm telling you, that was very memorable. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. When I first saw it, I was like, oh, that's creative. That's clever. And it fits uh, you as well. So I get it. <laughs> thank you. Of thank course, you kindly. No problem. So, Erica, man, we had a roller coaster first week in this highly anticipated NBA season. A lot of shit has happened. You gotta break it all down. So, I'm gonna give my first takeaway from Mm -hmm. opening week. And of course, I gotta go, I gotta start here first. It's the injuries. Of course, the injuries this year has obviously been a main story to start the season. Plenty of major and minor injuries to key players. We got Gordon Haywood, fractured tibia and ankle. Jeremy Lin, season ended knee injury. CP3, out for three weeks. Milos. Tia Dosich out indefinitely with a foot injury. D Rose with his ankle. Kawhi hasn't even started the season yet. IT yeah. is out till January. Jabari Parker, Aaron Ronald, just to name a few. So, Erica, there's been a lot of injuries to start the season, more than I can remember in recent memory. I agree. It just, it honestly, it makes me wonder what player conditioning is going on. But I want to go ahead and say that they probably have the best of the best trainers in the world, probably better than NFL, in all honest opinion. But it's crazy. Like when you saw Gordon Hayward, just obviously he was going deep in the paint, and then you just saw him crash down. Yeah, he went out to the alley. 
Yeah. Exactly. It really makes you wonder. I'm sure that they've ran through this place several times. Like you've seen them in pregame going over and over. So I'm just wondering, you know, who put a hex on the NBA season this year? <laughs> yeah, there's definitely <laughs> got to be a hex. Definitely. <laughs> or, <laughs> yeah, it's, it goes back to what I was saying earlier. Like, what is player conditioning? What was it like this year? Because um, the, the, what's his name? Adam Silver was mm-hmm. just saying that he wants to shorten out the season because to prevent player injury, uh, I don't really think that shortening out the season is really going to help that out. At least that's my opinion. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because that was one of my points as well. I was thinking in my head, I could, I mean, of course we can't always find a reason. A lot of them are just freak accidents. But I started to think of maybe we can find a reason why. And the only thing that I could come up with was that maybe it was because of the shortened training camp so they didn't have enough time as they normally do each season to get their bodies in condition because of the earlier season start. So, but then again, we can say that these are just NBA players at the end of the day and you shouldn't have to come to training camp out of shape to begin with, that you have to get yourself into that much shape. So... It actually can go both ways, but it's, it's it's honestly ridiculous this year with the injuries. No, it really isn't. It makes you wonder which one's even worse. But, you know, I think Jeremy Lin also really broke my heart because oh, yes. of how he was insta- unstoppable during the preseason. I mean, they lost that game to the 76ers. But mm-hmm. other than that, they looked really good on the court. They looked great on paper and they were yeah. able to transfer that on the court. And then he ends up getting hurt. Like, it's it so boggles my mind that that happened to the Nets. Oh, and, so much. Oh, I totally and agree. It, yeah, it's like everyone was riding for them this season like I personally this is probably going to be a little bit of a bold one I thought they were going to go into the playoffs at least the 8th seed oh wow maybe, you were thinking yeah maybe so touch it like flirt around with the with, obviously they were going to get knocked out the first round but at least get a taste of what's to come for this team it's such a young team really really inexperienced but that one really, really upset me. Oh, I'm you just a like, real wow. homer right there. You had the Nets going to the AC. Yeah. Boy, I don't to the AC. No, honestly, <laughs> but now it's like they're going to be back in 9 and 51. And they're begging to win that oh, yeah. 10th game like they were I last was, season. <laughs> <laughs> I, I agree. I agree. I mean, I actually had a lot of respect for the Nets this year because I knew under Coach Atkinson, they would play hard. If, if yeah. they didn't have as much talent as we know as other teams, we know the Nets actually will play hard. And I think with Russell this year, they would have mm-hmm. definitely took a leap forward. And with Lynn as a nice backcourt mate coming off that bench and also controlling the second unit, I think they would have been, would have played hard this year. I'm not going to say playoffs. I'm not going to go that far as you. But I it's think true. they would definitely be very competitive this year. A lot more competitive than some would think. No, for sure. I expected that, but it's... And then I think Gordon Hayward was just so much of a shocker. And then adding to all the stuff that's been going on with the NFL as well. So it was just injury after injury. And now NBA is back. Everyone is excited. And what? What just happened? And I know that people didn't want to see the injury replay, but curiosity didn't kill the cat. It made the cat smarter. You You had to go see it to just see what exactly happened. Like, was it his jump? Like you said earlier, because it was an alley-oop. So I know that it hurts to see it, but curiosity is normal, but it's just weird. I 100% agree. I agree. Yeah. These injuries are definitely crazy. So my next takeaway from opening week are the Cavs. I think the Cavs are in cruise control this season and not in a good way. I'm going to start our first talking about my man D-Wade. Today... 
D-Wade actually reached out to Cavs coach Ty Lue, asked him to come off the bench going forward. And I think it's a smart move for D-Wade. I think it was a class move to D-Wade. And I think D-Wade honestly came to grips with himself. If you look at how this season has started, D-Wade has looked awful. Awful so far with the Cavaliers. And he's still figuring out his role in the offense. I know some people like to give D-Wade a lifetime achievement award, but they like to keep him there starting. But he shouldn't yeah. be starting at this stage of his career. I think he's about 35, 36. He might yeah, not even play right. the games. I completely agree. I think it really just showed a lot of maturity, a lot of class, because it just shows that there's no I in team. Yes. That's, that's what he showed off. And I, I, I completely agree with you. He just showed so much respect that a lot of people probably wouldn't even give him credit for. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really think that he's a player that a lot of people uh, trash on, so to speak. Oh, no, nah, he's but very well I think well it was great. Yeah, I think he was one of those that he really sat back. He obviously doesn't want to be on the bench. I think that goes without saying. Yeah. But he's just moving to the reserve role, and I think J.R. Smith is just going to continue to do it again for them. I think him leaving the Knicks was probably the greatest blessing for his career. Oh, you could say that again. That's so yeah. Yeah. Of course, of course. <laughs> we know that LeBron turned him into an actual NBA contributing piece. Of course. Yeah, so- he did. Going back over to Wade, like I said before, is a class sack, as we both agreed on. I mean, this season, he's only averaging five points, two rebounds, and three assists. I mean, we know it's a small sample size. It's still the first three games, shooting only 28% from the floor. But I think, well, honestly, one of his issues that he actually admitted to was that he's always been the number one and number two option, which we all Mm -hmm. know that. And he said it's just a different game. He's just having a little bit of trouble getting used to being the fourth option on the team, being the fifth option on the team, and the offense is not running through him. He's only taking about, what, eight shots a night? Uh, yeah. But I think, let me tell you what I think about this, Erica. I think this is the case mm-hmm. of the Cavs having too many guys in their rotation. I think their rotations are That's actually all, a really great point. Yeah, their rotations to me right now are all over the place. Looking at the preseason and the first three games in the season, too, their rotations are too frequent, and it doesn't allow anyone to get in a strong rhythm of the game. Tyloo still struggles with his rotations from time to time, and their point yeah. guard spot is really is what's killing the, killing the Cavs right now. D-Rose is hobbled. They even starting to Jose Calderon. He should never yeah. be a starting point guard on the championship caliber <laughs> team. Never. Well, you can ask any Knicks fan that they'll probably say, absolutely, he shouldn't even be on a team, period. He he should never. I agree. (laughs) Listen, if Holden Calderon is anywhere on a roster contributing on a nightly basis, it's a problem. You need need to show up that point guard spot. So the Cavs right there, and I think are in a little bit of trouble, but it makes no difference upon their playoff stature either way. But I just think they have to show up their rotation. So um, do you have any comments on the Cavs rotation as well? No, that's actually a really good point. I didn't even think about the fact that they do. It's it's literally two men on the field for a second. And where do you even start? Where do you even begin? Like, I, I think they were working so hard to bring every man in. And now that they have every man, how do we put every man to at least work and contribute nightly? So yeah. I do agree with that. Exactly. And they have, they're about 10 or yeah. 11 deep right now. That's that's a strong, heavy rotation. So, so Chalu has yep. to figure out a way to get who he needs to get minutes at the most proper time at the proper time and everyone else has to just fall in line after that yeah precisely exactly so another takeaway that i have from this week is the oklahoma city thunder is really going to be a work in progress this season i think this year is very different from the city of oklahoma city they aren't used to this much veteran star power at one time 
And this is very different than when Harden, Russ, and KD were there. Um, now it's just three alphas being put together at different ages and stages of their career rather than that homegrown talent grown with each other. So right yeah. now, Eagles are a lot higher right now. And I love the talent on this team, but these are three very strong personalities. You got Russell Westbrook. You got Hoodie Mello. You got mm-hmm. Paul George, PG-13. And I've noticed a couple of things when watching the Thunder in their first couple games. Number one, I noticed mm-hmm. that Mello hasn't altered his style of play at all. And I'm a little bit disappointed in Melo. He's still a volume shooter, as I've been noticing on this team. He still has been taking mm-hmm. the most shots mm-hmm. in each of their three games. And he has held the ball from time to time, willing to, went into New York Knicks Melo, playing with Ron <laughs> Baker, Hernan Gomez, and those boys, thinking he can just hold the ball for about 15 to 20 seconds. I need Melo to doesn't work that way. And it doesn't work that well work that Mm -hmm. way and it's definitely not going to work that way on Oklahoma City Thunder at all and I completely agree you agree with that also yeah mm -hmm. oh I I didn't want to interrupt but I completely agree with that especially like with last night's loss against the Wolves there was a meme I saw and I'm probably I'm almost pretty positive that you saw it too it's like nothing's changed like on top he was wearing a Knicks jersey and then on the bottom he was wearing the OKC jersey I don't know if you saw it but it had me dying this morning on the train <laughs> because it's true you're like, right you have you're right. to you, you if, if you're not a one-man team bro pass the ball it's the easiest thing you're not gonna I feel like it's but it, it kind of goes along with how we feel in everyday life like you're of course you're gonna you're gonna want to be the go-to man but of course you don't just give up the ball it's you're not it's not that mentality anymore yeah, I do agree I, it's a different not, city yeah it's a different city a different time and this isn't your team anymore Melo they mm-hmm. quite frankly if you want to put it blank I always ride for Melo everybody knows I'm a big huge Carmelo Anthony fan and I talked Carmelo Anthony up talk Melo up going to OKC. I wanted him to go to Rockets. He didn't mm-hmm. go there. He got to OKC. And I said, you know what? Melo's going to change his ways. Not change all the way. I mean, you are who you are at the end of the day. But I felt like he yep. could make a concerned effort to alter his style of play. This is Russell's team right now. He is the reigning MVP. Scale back a little bit. We already know no one can hold you on a nightly basis. So 15 great shots is better than 20 or 26 okay shots in my mind. Yes, I do agree with that. Yeah, that's all I think. And also, the, the, the next thing that I've noticed from watching Oklahoma City Thunder is that Russell looks sort of passive, a little bit passive to me, and he's actively looking to get others involved. While I think oh. it's, yeah, mm-hmm. I think it's a great thing that he's doing that, but I think it takes away from what he does best, which is attacking the rim, attacking yeah. the basket. They're playing a lot of your turn, my turn kind of basket, and I don't think that's going to be that effective with this lineup. But it's funny because he's already complying to that, but Melo still hasn't. So do you think that they might have switched roles here or is it some sort of agreement or he's just kind of letting Melo do his thing and then he's going to take over soon? It's, let- it's kind of tough to say. I, I agree with you there. And let me tell you what I think. This is my theory. I think, you know how KD and Russell Westbrook had their interesting, very different dynamic. They, in their mind, in Russell Westbrook's mind, him and Kevin Durant are peers. They're around the same age. I think they believe they're only about one year apart. But to me, I feel like when Russell Westbrook looks at Melo, he looks up to Melo as like in a mentor of the league. Not necessarily that he's better than him on the court, on the mm-hmm. game, but mentality-wise, and that he's considered now like an elder statesman of the league or elder superstar in the league like a LeBron, like a CP3 
like a D Wade, one of those guys. So there's a different level of respect that Russell gives to Melo than he would give to a Kevin Durant. So I say that to say yep. this, that he's honestly kind of not necessarily letting Melo take the lead, but he's telling Melo, don't worry about the shot taken. Take all the shots you want. I got you. We good. Those kind of things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. So I definitely think that's the problem there. So honestly, like to see Russell Westbrook get a little bit more aggressive. I don't think this style can hold up. I think they have to play a little bit better. We'll see. I mean, he's still damn near averaging a triple double, 19, 9, and 11. You know, but he is shooting. That's true. Yeah, but he is. He's only shooting 15 shots a night, and last year it was 24. Not saying it can't go down, but <laughs> I feel like he can still be a tad bit more aggressive, and I think he will be because that they honestly have been losing. They're one and two right now, and I think he sees that he's gonna have to be a little bit more aggressive for them to win. It's true, of course. So, um, Erica also. Hoodie Mello is dead to me right now. <laughs> I think I think Hoodie Mello is dead right now. Let me tell you why. It's gone too far, Erica. It's gone way too far. It's mainstream now. Once I saw Jordan really Brand with mainstream. those Hoodie Mellows they putting out for sale to the general public, I can't rock with that. I feel like I made it kind of lame. Oh, kind of. Kind yeah. of. They did. Do you want one of those Jordan Brand Mellow hoodies? Hoodie Mellow. Definitely hoodie. don't. <laughs> I probably would rock the champion ones, which is something he would wear yeah. versus the actual brand. Yeah. I mean, I mean, they completely watered it down. And listen, let me tell you, the people that I've seen taking pictures with that. Yeah. I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. I'm definitely gonna pass. Boy, if you don't. Um, get- so they officially. And speaking of hoodies, what do you think about the new hoodies that they're wearing? Um, in warmups. I think they actually look really, really good quality, in my opinion. But then it it sucks because you say I say it, and then the jerseys are falling apart during the game. That's a that's a great. <laughs> so <point. laughs> I'm wondering, I'm wondering how hood like you know obviously it's hoodie season for us in New York, mm-hmm. but are these hoodies actually going to fall apart while I'm just running up the stairs to catch the train or running to catch the bus? <laughs> like I don't, I don't understand. I need. I think that. Nike probably hyped it up too much, but the hoodies do look nice. I must admit, they do. The hoodies look dope. Let's 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 be real. Yeah. Now, the hoodies definitely look. They look great quality. They look very soft, terry cloth soft. They do. Yeah. They, do. they look uh, similar. I don't know if you. I don't know if you're familiar with like Uniqlo jerseys. Yeah. I mean, sweaters. Yeah. Similar to that material. Oh, it's so soft. Yeah. I agree. Very soft. <laughs> so I do like the. I do like the jerseys. I mean, I do like the hoodies. The jerseys, they're definitely gonna have to work on. I mean. Yeah. I don't think the hoodies will rip like that. I feel like that's a little bit crazy if that does happen. But they got to work on those jerseys. That's, I agree. That's not You think it's because of the sponsorships? I thought they put extra money in there. You know, that's actually a really good point. I think that they might have rushed to get them out because I think they announced these new jerseys what, around the draft time, I think I want to yeah. say. Yeah, And I remember I voted in a post for Bia. So either these sweatshops aren't doing their job or Nike wasn't paying them enough yeah. to complete it. So someone was someone was pissed off, so to speak. Yeah, so, uh, listen, it can't it can't be ripping on LeBron James now. Like we all know LeBron is brawling. Yeah. We, we all know he's not the average size, but still, it can't rip right there. And then now I think that was the third time, the second or third. I think uh, Tyler Ennis from the Lakers also that is jersey mm-hmm. ripped. That's crazy. It was the funniest thing, and people grabbing photos of that and the memes. Everyone reacted oh, to it all over the place. Yeah. There's no way, like, there's no way anyone, like, it, I don't think Nike has done damage control yet on this situation. I feel oh. like they're gonna 
scope it out there. But I think what you said might be something that they're going to probably try to say that, oh, you know, it's not really fit for our muscular athletes or yeah. whatnot. But just because it doesn't go for a scrawny Gordon Hayward, no offense to Gordon Hayward, <laughs> doesn't mean that it's supposed to fall apart that easily. Yeah. Or I even agree. no offense to Jeremy Lin also. Jeremy Lin's a little on the scrawny side. Yeah. But yeah. like it's it's supposed to hold up, in other words. It is. So they definitely gotta work on those jerseys. So I'm glad I brought mm-hmm. uh, I brought up the Lakers because this takes me to my next takeaway. People love to hate on Lonzo Ball. Ball control. I don't understand. Man, why. it's all about. Well, everyone knows who listens about Vermis. I'm all about ball control, ball control. and the big ball away. I'm triple B's all day, every day. And listen, I think everyone is entirely too hard on this guy. I think he's had one of the most scrutinized debuts in NBA history. It's really getting ridiculous. And people fail to realize today, I didn't even notice this, that Lonzo's actually leading the Lakers in assists, rebounds, and steals this year. He's averaging 13, 9 rebounds, and 8.5 assists this year. I love his poise as a point guard. He doesn't get too high or doesn't get too low. I know everyone is getting on him for his game against Patrick Beverly, but Patrick Beverly was getting a little too hard. Patrick Beverly he was. was. He, he, he was a little out of control. I mean, he wanted his he wanted his shine. Like LaVar said, he wanted that article written about him that day. He wouldn't be in the news if it wasn't for Lonzo. So Beverly, Pat Bev, I love you, but you went a little too hard at Lonzo. <laughs> he did. For no reason. It's and I and I'm a, I, I'm similar to you. I support them because why are we getting mad at a father who's just talking proudly about his kids? Exactly. You know how you know how many friends I have that can't even say that their father spoke that highly of them because nine times out of ten they didn't really have a relationship with their father. Of course. So Lavar is invited to talk all the trash he wants to talk because it's who he is. I watched the show, you know, shamelessly on on Facebook. I don't know if you've seen. No, that. I watch it. Yeah. I like it. I'm okay, like, <laughs> I really it's like them. Yeah. And it's you get to see what's going on with Tina and how they fell in love, and even the parents how they weren't approving because he was a black man. Exactly. And now they love him because, and they admit to being ignorant about it. I love them, so I just don't understand. Like, I agree. What's why all the commotion? Is it because you're jealous because our fathers weren't able to hook us up with a job per se? Yeah, he our, worked our fathers enough to, get to push there. push our kids enough to do exactly. what they want to do. That's all yeah. about ball control. Yeah, that's all this. So let's, I, I'm not I'm not feeling the hate. On the no, I'm not either. Yeah, and yeah. and if you think about it, people are acting like. Lonzo was out here putting up two points, two rebounds, and three assists. You heard those numbers that I just ran off. Exactly. He's averaging 13, 9, and 8 and a half. Game one, he had a bad game, like we all said. He had three points, but still had nine rebounds and four assists as a point guard. Game two, his bounce back game, he had 29, 11 rebounds, and nine assists. Damn near a triple double. Game three, what did he come out? Mm-hmm. No, go ahead. No, no, no. No, go ahead. Yeah. I was going to say, I agree. Yeah. yeah. And then also in game three, he had a fairly decent game, but that was more of a game about learning how to win. He had eight points, had eight rebounds, and still bust out 13 assists. So those are excellent numbers from a rookie, a rookie point guard in the spotlight. Yeah. So so people can say all they Literally. want about, about, um, about how he was punked by Patrick Beverly that night. But us real basketball fans know the deal. If you look at his numbers-wise and how he's playing... He's definitely has the great point guard skills to be a great point guard in this league. And he is learning well from Magic Johnson. I love his poise. He never gets too high or too low. And I respect that about Lonzo. 
I do. Yeah, because he could have been a hothead about it, and he probably would have ended up fighting and then ejected from his very first NBA game, which is something that he probably would have never imagined have gone. But I can't wait for them. I hope that they got this episode somehow down packed because I would love to hear his reaction on it on the show. Mm, yes, I definitely agree. I definitely agree there. So do you think all year people are going to be going hard at Lonzo all year? Um, I think they're probably going to give him a tough t- time at first but then mm. others I feel like Patrick Beverly definitely went OD with it oh, he yeah. didn't have to do all that you know kind of like I feel like I, I'm I'm super against hazing because of the dumb things people end up doing oh, yeah. and borderline killing themselves so yeah. I'm, re- I'm really I'm really against hazing so I'm wondering if that was a form of hazing into the league like welcome to the NBA oh, it's it definitely no longer was. UCLA I mean it definitely you know? was it, was, it, it yeah. was a guy's thing you know but yeah I exactly think- I think the guys are going to try to go hard in the beginning, but I think it's going to wear off. I think it's just hot to talk about right now, the first basically month of the season. But I don't feel like guys Mm -hmm. are really going to go down. They're going to forget about it at the end of the day. It's really not that deep. And our guys, they secretly like LeVar Ball. They love what he stands for. They love what he's doing for the community, for the culture. They definitely respect that. Literally for the culture. Yeah, and think about it. All this quote-unquote bullying if you want to call it or trying to punk him it's only going to make him better at the end of the day it's just going to make him a lot tougher a lot faster so i'm with it i'm cool there i think yeah. he can handle it so moving on another takeaway that i had from the nba my man cp3 cp3 wasn't really that comfortable in his houston rockets debut granted he only played one game opening night against the warriors i'm really sad everybody knows how i ride for cp3 my favorite player in the <laughs> league but he did hurt his hurt his knee. He was actually injured in the preseason. He shot the ball poor. He shot the ball poorly. Excuse me. For some portions mm-hmm. of the game, he was standing out there in the corner, spotting up, watching James dribble for about 20 seconds. But I think he still contributed in other ways. I think he still contributed with his leadership. He only had four points, eight rebounds. He's had eight rebounds, but he still had 11 assists as well. They both had double-digit assists that game. And I think. CP3 was just feeling his way out during that game. And that game was actually a very high playoff field type of game. So it's very hard to get your comfort zone in those kind of games. So, But I still think he did well for the most part. And I think those two will still be great throughout the season. What do you think about that parent, Erica? I think so, too. I think that obviously injuries come and go. But as long as he just takes care of them right away... I think he was right on leaving the game when he did because imagine it probably would have been in the worst. He probably would have been out for the year, which is something he doesn't want to do. And I was seeing it. I think last night I was reading about it as well. I think now he's probably expected to be out for a month. Yeah, they're saying about a month. Exactly. A month is not too bad. It's still like NBA doesn't become relevant again till March because of March Madness. So now it's just about, about maintaining a record. It's true. In March Madness, yeah. everyone's still stuck on I mean, football. I'm, I'm, but then again, I, yeah. But I'm, then I feel I'm like this year, year every yeah. yeah. But then I feel like everyone was so excited about NBA coming back this year, even yeah. me. And I, I'm uh, baseball owns my heart for my first love, so <laughs> I was even excited for basketball to come back. Yeah, definitely, most definitely. So I still think the pairing will work, and like we said, it's just the injuries. So everybody has to mm-hmm. get, get healthy and get well. So, my final takeaway from the opening week is that emotions right now in the NBA is very high for some reason. 
I've noticed there's been a lot of scuffles, a lot of hold me backs, a bunch of people mm-hmm. never wanting to fight, holding me back. A lot of players chirping to the fans as well. Also had the Kyrie incident, him talking to the fan. Also had KD putting his ring finger up in Memphis. We also had Steph Curry getting ejected, uh, throwing his mouthpiece yeah. over there to the ref, which I was quite surprised about that. I'm actually a little, I feel like he should have got suspended the game for that. What do you think about that? Wow, suspended a game. I think, you know what, not for nothing, I feel like players in general, they've gotten so much more braver against umpires, against oh, yeah. NFL refs, yeah. NBA refs. Uh, NHL, I can't really speak too much about because I've, I've barely watched a couple games in the season. But and obviously we've seen NHL hockey refs get all up in the fights. But yeah. with the with those top three, there's like we saw Marshawn Lynch literally shove and roughing up the refs. Like no yeah. one cares anymore. Exactly. And I think it's to a time that they also take accountability. Like a lot of umpires. Um, I don't know if you follow baseball, but over the weekend, like this the strike zone of the of the umpire obviously was all over and everyone's like okay where is this umpire strike zone yeah so it goes back to nba calls being missed because i was reading this morning that there were a couple calls that were missed last night during the timberwolves um thunder game mm-hmm. these people need to be accountable because they get paid a salary let's also find them as well of course i 100 percent agree yeah like if if you guys go back to the to review the place that's in the offices in Secaucus. Then how about, all right, so-and-so ref is also going to get fined $1,000 for missing the call. Yeah, that's true. But, I, I mean, this isn't the first time that Steph Curry has thrown his mouthpiece. Let's not mm-hmm. forget, he has thrown it um, against the yeah, Cavs in the finals. Mm-hmm. But my point yes. is about why, only reason I think he should get suspended for mm-hmm. one game was just to set a precedent. Because I feel like if it was somebody like a DeMarcus Cousins, he would have been suspended oh, my easily. God. Seriously. That's, that's the point that I'm trying to make. If it was anyone like that or Draymond doing that, they would have suspended them easily. I understand it's a two-time MVP, but I think fair is fair. But like I said, I mean, I'm no big Warriors fan, so that could be it, too. Boy! That could be it, too. That could be it, too. Who knows? <laughs> and no, also, I don't even blame you for thinking yeah. that way because... Maybe it's true. Maybe they do need to make a, uh, yeah. make examples you know, of this. You know Steph gets that free pass. I mean, come on. Let's be real. You know yeah. Also, with emotions running high, my man down there in Chicago, Bobby Portis, putting a pause on Nikola Miritich uh, with him fracturing his face. I his face. His, mm-hmm. I couldn't believe that. I thought that was very interesting as well, that they even let it get that far. And that Bobby Portis would take it to that level. So I think emotions are real high right now. They're real high. I can't believe even, like, I'm wondering how hard did he sucker punch him or how hard... I think it was a few his... times. Yeah, and yeah. the fact that he really broke bones in his face. Bones in his face. That's, in... That's insane. <laughs> that really... <laughs> Matt, what I want to know is how long did it take the teammates to break that up? Because he obviously got a few hits in there. He obviously got oh. a few hits. <laughs> That's a good point. I wonder yeah. how long the team because if you yeah. broke a bone, that means you must have punched the person at least five to ten times. Exactly. He got and a you're few you hits. and you were definitely jabbing and everything. Of I course. wonder if he kicked him. Maybe that's something else that we you know, I feel like there's so many things behind closed doors that we don't know unless someone recorded it. Oh yeah, definitely but, agree. Yeah, I, I definitely agree there. And, and Portis is is no small man. He's about six ten. Let's get it clear. Yeah, those are big hands. And um, also really quickly before we move on, I want to talk about Eric Bledsoe really quick. His tweet 
his today. There's a lot of news coming out of Phoenix. Eric Bledsoe, he tweeted, first of all, I don't want to be here. Then right after that, Earl Watson gets fired. Then the next day, which is today, um, Eric Bledsoe gets called into the Suns' office to speak with the GM and owner. They put out a report that he's being sent home, not playing against the Kings tonight, and will not play again for the Suns. Yeah. So of course, they're actively looking to trade him. And then to make matters worse, I don't know if you heard this today, Erica. I'm, of course you did. Yeah, um, the, they the GM, want, mm-hmm. what, what he said, the GM said his answer was, he said that Eric Bledsoe came in here and said to him that he was at a hair salon. I'll be on the mile. He must have been <laughs> on those miles or something. He must have been on those miles in that, that yak that he thought that skills. that was a suitable excuse that he was at the hair salon. Nah, I, you know what kills me in this? I don't mean to sound like an old, like an old ass nah. heart, but you get played to play, you get paid to play ball. Thank like there's you. no a better career that you could have chosen. Obviously, it's going to take a toll on your knees, your shoulders, your life, the way you breathe, the way you walk, whatever. But you hypothetically have the, one of the funnest and the greatest jobs in the world and you're telling me that you don't want to be here at least request a trade but don't be a child about it thank you and tweet it on twitter obviously tweet it on twitter and <laughs> send a post a tweet about it exactly it, it made no sense to me it just then it also made i feel like a lot of young guys get into the league i think they should i think they should wait till graduation but then yeah. That'll start up a whole nother yeah. conversation. Yeah, of course. Immaturity is at an all-time high in the NBA right yeah. now. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. Mm-hmm. It's at an all-time high. It is. Yeah, they have to learn from a pro's pro. We'll see if they're getting any better. So, now it's time for the crossover. Not segment. a game. Not a game. Not a game. So, We're talking about Erica. Practice. Mm-hmm. So, for the crossover segment. So, for my new listeners, I'll be throwing out player comparisons from different eras. Eras. My girl Erica acts as a GM, and she tells me who she would take out of the two in their prime. So you know how we do this each and every week. So this week, Erica, I got some good choices for you this week. Okay. All right. So tell me who you would take out of the two in their prime. Are you taking a prime Paul Pierce, the truth, or a prime, aka right now, Kawhi Leonard? Now let me give you oh, their damn. let me give you their career stats. Kawhi Leonard. 16 points per game, 6 rebounds, 2 assists, 1 steal, 49% from the floor. One-time champ, one-time finals MVP, two-time All-Star, two-time All-NBA, first team, two-time defensive player of the year. The truth, 19 points per game, 5 rebounds, 3.5 assists, 1 steal, 44% from the floor. One-time champ, one-time finals MVP, 10 times All-Star. Taking accomplishments aside... Erica, who you taking in their prime? Kawhi or Paul Pierce? And honestly, I'm a Spurs fan, so I'm definitely going to go with Kawhi in this life and the next life. Ooh, <laughs> and the next life. <laughs> Tell me why. <laughs> I just think that Kawhi is such an underrated player, even though he's won MVP. Mm-hmm. And I don't really think he gets a good recognition of the... the you mean the, finals the, MVP? The, I mean finals MVP, yeah. Because yeah, mm-hmm. he's such a quiet... But I think that there's so much more to him that meets the eye. I think he has a great coach. Obviously, Pops has molded him into such, such a terrific player. And oh. I will definitely call him after Pops has molded him. Yeah, <laughs> he has. Mm-hmm. He definitely has. He definitely has. So I'm going to agree with you there. As much as it pains me to go away from the truth, <laughs> I think 
Talking from a prime perspective right now, prime Paul Pierce and prime Kawhi Leonard. I think Kawhi Leonard is a better two-way player, even though Paul Pierce is no slouch on the defensive end. Paul Pierce was clutch, very clutch, extremely clutch. But if I'm a GM and I have both of them on the table, I'm taking Kawhi Leonard. I love he also has a clutch factor as well. Don't sleep on Kawhi Leonard's clutch factor. And I think also his, like I said before, his ability to be a two-way player. And I think he has a lot more athleticism than Paul Pierce in his prime. Mm-hmm. So if I'm a GM, I'm going with Kawhi Leonard. I think he a, has a better NBA body. And I think he just will be a better player overall than Paul Pierce was. So I think we're one for one. We both agree there we're picking Kawhi yeah. Leonard. Definitely. So... Mm-hmm. Erica. So, of course, like I said before, you are a co-host of the Update Podcast. So, tell us yep. a little bit about the Update Podcast that you do. Well, the podcast is taking a long time to finally develop. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's probably because I'm part procrastinator, even though I work well under pressure, which mm-hmm. is weird. But... Basically, it's my co-host and I, where she's also a BSO fellow colleague. Mm -hmm. Uh, She's down in Miami, so she covers the heat and any other stuff that's down in Florida. And we both kind of got together. Like, there's not one, women of color, Mm -hmm. and two, in sports, and three, doing a podcast together. Of course. And that's something I think we were, obviously, we're the loud minority in that sense. So we've, we've been talking about this show for maybe four or five months now, and it finally started in August. And tomorrow will be our ninth episode. So, as I was listening to you to your your episode last week, I'm like, wow, episode 32, and I'm like, wow, me soon, soon I'll be up there. <laughs> you get there, you get there, but you all busy because yeah. you do a hell of a lot of reporting for BSO. So tell us, so yeah. how long have you been with BSO, and what got you into being a sports journalist? Yeah, well, I grew up, honestly, I mean, it sounds like your typical story. Like, I grew up watching sports mm. and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> but in all honesty, it's really that. Like, um, my my brother is a huge baseball fan, so it's the only reason why he's passed down the misery of being a Mets fan. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I am a faithful Mets fan. Uh, thankfully, he, I mean, he's, he's in between the Knicks and the Spurs, which is really, really weird considering... He was he was able to remember in the '99 finals. I was barely ten, so <laughs> I don't really remember. But I remember sitting with him, and he's like, "Tim Duncan's going to be a really really big player." And I'm like, "Okay, I guess I'll be a Spurs fan." And mm. I think ever since then, I've always been uh, for that. But with BSO, I've been with uh, with them for about almost oh my god, how time flies by! Two years and a half now, nice. and I've learned so much from SEO skills to how to word titles to what graphs um, viewership but it's you know, it wasn't. He wasn't joking. When my boss told me I'm going to make sure I put you to work, he was not joking about that. <laughs> of course, and yeah, and, and I noticed also on Twitter and stuff like that. People, if you follow Erica Fernandez at Curls and Sports, by the way, <laughs> if you follow her, you can also see her at a lot of those Nets games. You had a lot of Nets games covering them. Yeah, um, it's it's my second season with the Nets. This is my third year with the Knicks, which is crazy how time flies by. Yeah. Um, my second with the Jets, my mm-hmm. first with the Giants, which I'm surprised we got the Giants. Um, <laughs> and I've been doing boxing, like even New York Comic Con, a uh, little event here and yeah. there. So just it's it's not just about attending this event, so it's also about networking because you never know who you meet there. That could be another potential job for you. Of course. I think 
I think it's similar to how you and I, you know, we're entrepreneurs that we both have our podcast, but it's also about who's listening in because it's we're just ready for the next big step. Of course, most most definitely. Yeah. So do you like um well of course, I mean, that goes without saying. I feel like do you like it? So you think it was it's it's a great experience being around all the NBA players and reporting and all the time? No, it really is. It's yeah. I mean I could find like at first I really, really found myself intimidated. I wasn't able to kinda of like hear my voice for a couple of days and then I'm like all right you're in this room with a bunch of other people because it, so- it sounds terrible like you don't really see anyone that looks like you not just women but yeah. people of color like I haven't like I barely see black reporters I oh. barely see Hispanic reporters so I am covering you know I'm such a I'm the person who's representing those two large demographics yeah. and I'm also a female so it, it puts me at an advantage at the same time and then disadvantage because yes. I'm the only one that's there, so to speak. I definitely agree. I couldn't have said that any better. I couldn't have said yeah. that any better, of course. So before we close out, before we close out the show, I wanted to salute you. I know, I know, as a woman in a male-dominated sports industry, it can be challenging at times. But I think your yeah. coverage of sports is superb. So I wanted to give a big shout oh, out well, to you. Oh well, thank you. Of course, of course, no problem. And I also want to thank you. For joining me today on Above the Rim, no, I really appreciate, sure. appreciate you coming on to talk hoops with me. Oh, for sure, it's it's literally one of my favorite one of my favorite topics to talk about because you just get to listen into more opinions. Like, why not? Why not be open to, for example, like you just asked me, who would you choose over Paul? I'm sure that you asked that on Twitter and put a meme with it. Everyone will be <laughs> like, how, how how could y'all be crazy and choose Paul Prieber because he did dope. And it's like, all right, guys, it's just a question. There's no beef over here. Yeah, it's all opinionated. Just give me your opinion. Exactly. exactly. It's all opinionated, of course. But you, you know, know, some people get out, out of hand, of course. <laughs> you know how they are. <laughs> of course, most definitely. So, where can they find you on Twitter, Erica? Well, they can find me at Curls and Sports. Uh, obviously, attributed to my curly hair, C U R L S. The word and and the word sports is plural, and that is everywhere. That's the same everywhere. word everywhere. Everywhere. Yes. You heard it everywhere. <laughs> so, of course, <laughs> you can find me at JustBlaze underscore 513. So, once again, Erica, thank you for joining me. I really appreciate you coming on Above the Rim yeah, for, for episode sure. 33. And we out.